You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast, interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Cheryl, welcome to Real Faith Stories. I have been anticipating this conversation for weeks. Me too, Brian. I have been so excited to spend this time with you. I'd like to first start by having you introduce yourself and share a little bit about your backstory, your upbringing, when you came to faith, and then fast forward to the incredible business that God has you in now and some astonishing things he's been doing. Yes. As Cheryl Stelfer, I have an interior design business called Crimson Design Group. We're based in Ohio, but work all over the country. And my story starts, I was born in Paraguay, South America, to a missionary Mennonite parents and started the first part of my life there and moved to the U.S. when I was seven and later came to really start my faith journey when I was 11, pretty young. Throughout the years as I've grown in my early 20s, I really experienced the Holy Spirit in a real way. And I would say that really kick-started my faith hmm. at that point. It was in my, in my 20s. Let me ask you, Cheryl, what was it that you experienced? A pastor prayed for me, and I just received the Holy Spirit in a real powerful way where my hands started shaking as as he was praying for me. And now as an outward expression, when I know that the Holy Spirit is really speaking to me is my hands just literally start shaking when I start praying for people. <laughs> God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to keep us surprise. There's the obvious manifestation, right? There's no question when that starts happening. Absolutely. So how has God used that in your life? You know, in just so many ways from seeing strangers. So, you know, I think God speaks to me through visualization often. I really see, I see things happen. I get lots and lots of pictures. And as I listen and pay attention to those pictures, and as I pray, He really likes just speaks through me and it relates to people who who I encounter. Sometimes it might be a stranger at the grocery store. It could be an employee. It could be a friend. And so just really listening and paying attention to some of those crazy visions that he that he gives me. Someone listening to this might be like, wait a minute, Cheryl, visions? And you're talking visual impressions in your mind, right? Yes, absolutely. Share an experience recently where the Lord spoke to you and blessed someone through that gift? So recently, I just had the sense that a friend really wanted to have a sense of belonging. And so what came to mind was a house, gardens, and just this immaculate place where I really felt like she needed to be centered as she's been wandering for so many years. And I started sharing with her, I just feel like the Lord is telling you to find a place where you can have a sense of belonging and to ground your feet and that your feet are planted in the ground. And it's just getting the picture of her rooted, standing on that ground with this amazing house behind her. Mm -hmm. And as I started saying this to her, she started crying. And so she's like, yes, that's what I need in my life. How encouraging. It's really fun. Yeah, it is fun. So let me circle back and let you complete your story. So after your 20s, 
I'm assuming you went to college and then I'm curious how you got involved in the business you're in. Yes. I worked in New York City for about a year and I ended up coming back to Ohio and I worked for a company and then really just stepped out and had the courage and I knew it was the time to start Crimson Design Group. And so started, founded the company, it was 19 years ago and started here locally and we have just continued to grow over the 19 years and God has been so so faithful to continue to give us just amazing clients and looking forward to tying our international ties, our roots back into our company in the future. What's been one of the biggest challenges you faced in these 19 years in the business? I think it's my own mindset. I think I'm the one that oftentimes gets in my own way. And for me personally, it has been pushing myself to think bigger. You know, God is so big. And I feel like we live inside our own limits. And so my own limits and my scarcity mindset has really held me back from investing in my company or taking some big financial risk and just pushing beyond the scarcity and knowing that God has given me vision beyond our resources. So what types of things did you immerse yourself in in order to overcome the scarcity mindset initially? I had a business coach that I worked with that really brought this to my attention. And I was shocked because I really thought I lived in an abundant mindset. And she's like, no, Cheryl, you're living in scarcity. And so her really spotlighting that for me in my life really brought it to my attention and then really paying attention to it. And I've been a huge believer in finding coaches throughout your life that really help you personally and professionally. And what types of mechanisms were employed to overcome the scarcity mindset? One, I think, is really just recognizing that you have it and then sharing it with someone who's close to you and them calling you out. I call it spotlighting. Uh So really spotlighting it when I start going down that rabbit hole or I start thinking, I can't do this because I don't have... And really bringing the people who are close to you and sharing it with them so that they can help you really push through and then talking to the Lord about it. I mean, simply just really bringing him into my life, into this area to help me heal some of the areas that have obviously been part of creating this mindset and counseling. The initial response about being connected with somebody and really being vulnerable and sharing this with them is the antithesis of how our culture would have us respond to a problem internally or a challenge internally, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, the whole confession thing is monumental in overcoming the challenges in our lives. It's huge. And you know, oftentimes I realize when I'm struggling with anything and I'm internally processing, the second that I say it out loud to anyone is like the power is completely gone because it no longer has that power over you. And so just the audible confession has been really huge in my life. You probably journal. I journal a lot. And I found the exact same thing with respect to journaling is that when I start, quote, confessing on paper, I'm able to see things from a third-party perspective. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is nothing compared to what it looked like in my mind. I know. It becomes just so simple and it like almost black and white. 
but the enemy keeps saying, don't tell anybody, don't have a, quote, negative confession, which is just religion. Get it out. Right. He wants you to stay hidden. And and sometimes it's lately, even on my way to work in the mornings, I I just start verbally and audibly just talking and putting everything out there that I want the day to look like or what I'm struggling with. And I have to tell myself, no, I am enough. Mm. I do not live under this definition of who the enemy is trying to tell me I am. And it's just the the power of our words has become so real to me in the last year. Well, you had a pretty amazing moment in your business. Let's talk about that with respect to your giving. Yes. So in 2010, it was one of those moments where I really felt the Lord was asking me to give 10% of all of my design consulting fees off of the top number. Off the gross. Yeah, off the gross. And I remember going to my accountant at that time and she just looked at me and she said, okay, let's hold hands and jump off this bridge together. (laughs) And we started it. That was the first year that we hit a million dollars in sales. And it has really just revolutionized my business because what has happened is it's taken the purpose and the passion of what I'm really passionate about and being able to tie it back into the design world and give my clients an opportunity to really give on behalf of organizations that they're passionate about. So they know, obviously, a portion of their payment to you is going to worthy organizations. Yes. And oftentimes I'll ask them, I want to know what organizations you're passionate about. We would love to give on behalf of them to the organization that they care about. What prompted you to make this decision in your business? I've always internally struggled with how do I reconcile the extreme poverty in third world countries that I've seen throughout my travels and growing up. And then I have the opportunity to work with some of the wealthiest people. And so how can I bridge that gap? And for me, this was a way for me to give to other people that I know will inspire and change their lives who might not ever have an opportunity in life. And I just believe that God gives us the resources in order to do things for his kingdom. And this was what I felt like he was calling me to do. When you got that message from the Holy Spirit, Cheryl, I want you to give 10% of your gross income. Was there a feeling of fear at first? What came through your mind? Do you remember? Oh, lots of fear, for sure. And it was really like, oh, how are we going to afford that? Does that mean I can't hire somebody because I need to give that money away? But, you know, we've done it every year and we're still committed to it. And we started another personal project in Thailand that I'm really passionate about. And that was God took me to another level of faith of saying, hey, I need you to raise $150,000 to do this. And so he's just continued my journey to have bigger vision and to take larger leaps of faith in more giving. My personal experience with my wife is early on in our marriage, the Lord challenged us to give a vehicle away. And that was really difficult in terms of that decision, but we did it. And over the years of our marriage, God has allowed us to give away six vehicles. Wow. It's kind of like bigger, better. You know, each time it's a little little higher, a little more. And that's what he challenges us to. Also, of course, in giving. And that's what he's done with you. What's the project in Thailand you're referring to? So we work with an organization in Ohio called Asia's Hope. 
And my husband is adopted and I have an adopted daughter. And I always thought I would not have children. And my first child was a miracle after five years. And then really my second daughter who we adopted, that story was completely God, how she brought her into our life. And so I really said to Louie, I said, you know, I want to have more children, but I can't have 20 kids in our house. (laughs) And this opportunity came up. We had gone to India to visit this home. It's a family care style that they take care of the children, completely different than an orphanage. And we went to India, visited the home, and I came back and I said, we're going to do this. Crimson is going to build a house. And so we had to raise $150,000. There was already property there in Thailand for the home. So I wanted to raise it before rainy season. So we really, we did. God did it. We had $150,000 we raised from with our clients and our vendors and through an event Mm -hmm. and we're able to build this house. And a month after it was built, they went out and rescued 25 kids in Thailand, mostly from the Hill Tribe who really don't have a sense of belonging and they're there thriving, doing really well. And so we support them monthly and it's just been a huge honor. You mentioned that your first child was a miracle. You didn't expect to have children. Let's talk about that. What happened? My husband and I went through five years of infertility and it was a really hard time in my life. And as a woman, when you struggle with not being able to have a child. And my desire to have a child at that point was just huge, really, because my husband knew nothing about his birth family. And I really wanted his biological generation to be able to continue to go on. And so I was in New York City. That weekend, we were meeting with the social worker on, we were started the process of adoption. And we were going to sign up to say, yep, we're ready. We've done everything we need. Find us a child. And I called my husband and I said, I think you better have a maternity test when I get off this plane. (laughs) And sure enough, that was the case. And we were shocked. So obviously we called the social worker back and said, we are only going to do one child at a time. We're going to put this adoption on hold. Yeah. And Gabriella is, she's just my gifts from God. Wow. How old is she now? She is seven. And I was 41 when I had her. I'm just grinning ear to ear. That's incredible. Incredible. Yes. God really took me through that journey as as a woman who struggled with being able to conceive and what I felt like that meant about me and how does that really relate to the things that I spoke over going back to the power of our words. God brought back to me some memories of when I was a young child and I said, I'm never going to have children. Really? And I really had to go back and break the power of those words off of me. Just any curses that I have cursed myself, really just asking God to come through and break those words off of my life. Obviously, He did that, and there was so much freedom through that. Our words have so much power. Why do you suppose you said that as a child? I think growing up in a, in a Mennonite family, the oldest of four, the expectation for a woman that was, was really that you were going to get married at a young age, you were going to have children, have this amazing, huge garden, and that was the extent of your life. Mm. And I wanted so much more than that. I knew that God had a real purpose and passion. I wanted to make money. I wanted to be successful, a working woman. And so I was really just kind of rebelling against my my (laughs) community of family. So then your second child, you said, was also a miracle when you adopted. Let's chat about that. Yes. So my husband's Hispanic, and we went back to 
the agency that we were originally going to adopt from. And we had told them we really wanted a child that was had some kind of Hispanic background. And in America, it's very hard to adopt Hispanic children because their families keep keep the children uh-huh. within the families, right? They have large families. And we got a call one afternoon and they said, hey, you've been selected. The mother really wants to meet you. So we drove an hour, went to go meet the mother. And through the adoption process, you make a book. It has photos and shows your family. And one of the photos in our book, the birth mother recognized my father-in-law, who was Hispanic, was a pastor at a Hispanic church. Wow. And so... We knew because she recognized my father-in-law was the reason that she picked us and she wanted her child to grow up in a family that had some Hispanic influence. And so God God brought us what we wanted. I'm just blown away that she recognized the picture of your father-in-law. I know, right. That she lived and she went to that church years before that for a short period of time. And then God just connects the photo, right? He, yeah. He's so creative. Let's circle back on your business again. I'm fascinated by the way the Lord uses you with clients, friends, etc., with these uh, mental images. With respect to the growth of your business, maybe gaining new clients, etc., have you experienced the Lord's intervention in certain types of business decisions that you've been making over the years? And if so, how do you approach the Lord to gain information, to gain wisdom from him? Yes, someone actually had shared a vision for me personally, probably two years into the start of the business. And her vision for me was that I would meet a very influential person in Columbus who had a huge business and did multiple properties. Well, that vision came to pass. And one of our biggest clients is a developer that does lots of projects. And now we're working out of state with him. And recently, God has given me this vision of skyscrapers. And it's like the tallest skyscraper all across the country in different cities. And he keeps bringing that vision back to me. And I just believe that God is saying, you will go all across this country with your projects and your clients will take you there. Like It's basically his glory that we are going to these places. And I believe that is what the tallest skyscraper is is representing. It's like, God doesn't go small, right? God goes big. And so I keep going back to that and I keep asking the Lord, okay, what does this mean? Or where are you taking us? And so he keeps bringing back that vision, for example, into my life. A business person listening to this right now may be struggling with direction. How would you counsel them For me, I think is really taking the time and going back to what you were saying, Brian, on journaling and just spending and sitting some time in your thoughts and asking God, what does that look like? A couple of years ago, I did a simple exercise of what do I want the next 10 years to look like for Crimson? And as I started writing, things just came to my mind. I wrote, I wanted to own our own building. And in the building, I wanted a gigantic dining room table where we could sit with all my employees and we could have a meal together. And I wanted to have a chef come in and cook for my employees. And it was real specific. I share it with my team at the beginning of every year at our retreat. And I go back to it and ask the Lord simply to like, show me what's next. What else am I adding? What else am I painting to this picture? 
And this year, we bought our own building. It has a huge dining room table where we all sit and have meals together once a month. And this year, God brought me, one of my employees is a pastry chef. And so really just the power of the intention and the visualization. And so I just encourage people to to write anything, to journal anything that just comes to their mind, any picture that they get. And God ties it and weaves it together for you at the right time, even when it doesn't make any sense that you might be getting, what does this picture of? He has the ability to tie it and weave it together and and to make a beautiful story. You know, some people hearing the word visualization might go, oh, wait a minute. No, I, I don't like that word. That doesn't seem Christian. And the fact is, we are visual people creatively, aren't we? That's right. And I think that's interesting as I was just been thinking about all of this recently is like, as a designer, I visualize spaces, right? That's the gift that God has given me. I can walk into a room and I can see it complete before it's ever, ever done. So God speaks to me. He's given me the, the gift of pictures. And so I'm also reading Daniel currently. And God did the same <laughs> thing to Daniel, right? Like he gave him crazy dreams. Yeah, did he ever? And visions. And so God talks about it all the time in, in the word of how he used people and the pictures that he gave to his people. It's his creativity. As you interface with other business owners and clients, what's the type of advice that you seem to get pulled out of you when you have conversations with these people? I think it is always having a bigger vision for yourself and your people. It is thinking bigger, having a vision beyond our resources, right? Oftentimes, I think that we limit ourselves based on the resources that we have, but God has limitless resources. It is the push and looking past your own limitations within yourself, looking at what are those limitations and pushing through and asking God to really come in and heal those things and bring the people around you who can help you push past the false beliefs, the lies that you're told, right? It's how can we go past the lies that we want to believe and be free from those. And you mentioned that one of the key ways to do that was journaling. Yes, I think it's journaling. It's also reading, having books that you read. It is listening to the people who know you really well. Brené Brené Brown says, who are the people in your one-inch square? Who are the people who really know you and sharing it with them? Great word. How can people find out more about you and your business, Cheryl? They can go to our website, crimsondesigngroup.com. We're also on Instagram, Crimson Design Group. We would love to hear from you. Okay. As we finish up, I'd love to have you pray for our listeners, please. Yes. God, I just thank you for who you are. I pray for whoever's listening who needs to feel the movement of the Spirit on them, God. I pray that right now in a supernatural way, that they would feel your power, that God, you would give them pictures, that you would paint pictures in their mind, God, and that you would erase the pictures that they've had that are not from you, that are causing any kind of confusion. I pray that God, you would bring clarity to anyone who's listening, real clarity, God, and that you would use people around them to speak truth, And God, I pray that you would multiply and magnify businesses all over this country for your glory, that God, you would build skyscrapers, 
that are the tallest in cities, that God will be spreading your love all across this globe through your people. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Cheryl. Loved your story. I loved spending time with you, Brian. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.